This is Central Parish Radio Podcast. You're about to listen to Pastor E.A. Adeyemi's ministration on the Word of God. God bless you as you listen. Today, we will like to wrap up a little bit, maybe for now, a study in the life of Saul, the son of Kish. Saul, the son of Kish. Anytime somebody is going in the wrong direction, God sends warning signals. So we'll be looking at some of the warning signals that God sent the way of Saul in his relationship with David. So I titled this one, our Saul, the son of Kish, the warning signals. The warning signals. First Samuel chapter 19, from verse 18. First Samuel 19. On verse 18. So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel to Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and dwelt in Nahor's. And it was told Saul, saying, Behold, David is at Nahor in Ramah. And Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying, and some were standing as appointed over them. The Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. And when it was told Samuel, when it was told Saul, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. And Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. Then went he also to Ramah. And came to a great well that is in Seku. And he asked and said, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they be at Nahot in Ramah. And he went thither to Nahot in Ramah. And the Spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Nahot in Ramah. And he stripped off his clothes also. And prophesied before Samuel in like manner. And lay down naked. All that day. That is how God will naked all your enemies. Yeah. And all that night, wherefore they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Warning signals. David was always escaping Saul's demonic plots. Always escaping. Now, the reason why we are looking at this aspect of the encounter between Saul and David is because many of us, we have very powerful enemies. Enemies that are really, really more powerful than us. And you are scared of them. Some of these enemies, they may be in your place of work. Some of them may be in your families. Some of them may be People in the society, people have warned you about them. And maybe because of the nature of your work, some of them feel threatened, and they have threatened you by their power. So when you have very strong enemies, much, much stronger than yourself, you are likely to be afraid. But the good news is this. If you are on the lost side, you will always escape. So tell your, tell your neighbor, you will always escape. 
Please say it again. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 11. First Samuel 18, 11. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Twice he attempted to kill him at this instance. Twice David escaped. Several occasions when he tried to kill David, when there were only two of them at home, to throw javelin and pin him to the wall. But David escapes. First Samuel chapter 18, 22 to 27. I won't read everything. First Samuel 18, 22 to 27. You will find out there that Saul told his servants, he said, I want you to enter into conversation with David. Tell him that he should become the son-in-law of the king. That the king, you know, it would be a good idea if you are son-in-law of the king. David did not know that he was plotting to kill him. You know, sometimes, something you might think is free might actually be a pathway to death. Because, like people used to say, there are no free lunches. <laughs> Hallelujah. And sometimes, when you hear of these arranged marriages, these arranged marriages might actually be a way of death. This individual had ulterior motive. He had an idea in mind. He wanted to use this opportunity to kill David. He said, I want, to be, I want him to be my son-in-law. Begin to sing that in his, in his ears. Oh, David said, I'm from a very poor family. How can I be son-in-law to the king? Oh, they said, no. The king is not going to ask very high bright price from you. All the king is asking you to give is just a hundred foreskins for the Philistines. Just give hundred foreskins for the Philistines. In other words, he has to kill 100 of Philistine soldiers to get their foreskins. And that's another way of saying, before he finishes killing the 100, one of them will have killed him. But David went ahead and actually provided 200. He escaped again. Tell your neighbor, you will escape again. Say it very well. And then Jonathan entered into conversation with his father one day. First Samuel chapter 19. First Samuel 19 from verse 1. And Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. Verse 4 says, And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servants, against David, because he has not sinned against thee. And because his works have been to thee word, very good. This fellow had been serving your interests. Why do you want him killed? That is the strange thing about these people who are after our lives. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. You haven't done anything to warrant their hatred. They just hate you. Not only is it that they just hate you, they want you dead. Every time they see you, they're hungry. 
Every time you wake up in the morning, they say, hey, he has woken up again with all that we have done. You, you give them sadness. Your moving around makes them sad. And they will remain sad forever. Amen. Let your amen be louder. Amen. That's why I am convinced. Each time I study the, the study of, I mean, the life of Saul and David. And I could see how powerful Saul was. And with all his power, he could not overcome David. It shows that as long as God is interested in your case, no one can overcome you. In fact, you will overcome them. Yeah. So there was a particular day. Saul now agreed with his, um, with his daughter. and said, I want, I want to kill David. But God did not allow the daughter to agree with the father. The daughter planned that David will escape. The daughter told David, she looked around, saw soldiers. Ah, she suspected, my father has come again. Because she knew the kind of father she has. A mad king. When a king is mad, he will be, he will be misbehaving. So don't think that everybody that sits on the throne is saying, Many of them are mad. Hallelujah. So he told the husband, said, my dear, if you remain in this room till the next morning, you are dead. She arranged and let him down from the wall or from the window. And David escaped again. That was when David escaped to Samuel. And our friend had not learned his lesson. At all these points, God was giving him warning signals that there is something different about this boy. Don't touch him. Leave him alone. Let him fulfill destiny. Anyone that will not allow you to fulfill destiny, you will fulfill destiny after they are dead. <laughs> Let your hymn be louder. So there was the new moon festival that they were supposed to have. During every new moon, David and Saul, I mean Saul was supposed to have a meal with his commanders, with Abner, with Jonathan, with David. So the first day, David wrote to Jonathan, I won't be coming for this new moon feast because I have strong suspicion that your father wants me dead. So Jonathan said, okay, I will test the waters for you. This time around, don't come the first time, the first day. Don't come the second day. And I will use that opportunity to find out what my father had in mind. So the first day, David was not there. Saul didn't say anything. The second day, David was absent again. And then Saul asked. And then Jonathan gave some excuse on his behalf. First Samuel, chapter 20. Verse 30 and 31. 1 Samuel 20, 30 and 31. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said unto him, Thou son of the perverse, rebellious woman, do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thy whole confusion and unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established. 
nor thy kingdom. Wherefore now, send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. So what is he trying to protect? He was trying to protect his throne. As long as the son of Jesus liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. He was so conscious of his seeds. When people become too conscious of their seeds, they can do anything to protect it. Anything. They don't care how many lives are lost. When people are conscious or they desire a particular position, they kill with ignominy. They do anything. And that's the reason why you've got to check yourself. If you find out that your ambition concerning a certain thing is becoming murderous, that you don't care who dies because of you, you've got to be careful. If you discover that you have a kind of uncanny desire for a certain thing and you don't care to eliminate anybody, you can be sure you have stepped out of the line. You have become another soul. You've got to be careful. And I am sending this warning, not, I mean, knowing that I'm speaking to Christians, but I have discovered there are several believers, several believers who have stepped out of line because of ambition. Ambition can be very dangerous. Very dangerous. Ambition is your design for yourself. Vision, divine vision, is God's design for your life. They are two different things. Ambition can be extremely selfish. In fact, it is. Divine vision that God has for your life is what God himself worked out to ensure that you become what he wants you to be. Saul was conscious of his kingdom he was also conscious of his dynasty. He doesn't want anyone to get near his throne. He didn't know that as far as the heavens are concerned, he had no more throne. His letter of appointment had been withdrawn already. He was just protecting nothing. His letter of appointment had been offered to another person. He had no throne. Do you know there are many kings who are on the throne and they have, they have already been dethroned by God. And they don't know. It's possible for a leader to occupy a position and as far as God is concerned, the seat is vacant. He had nothing to protect but he was protecting emptiness because he has not retraced his step. I assure you, you have escaped once, you will always escape. Say that amen very well. Say that amen very well. Yes. Some of us will remember a story that happened in 1984. On October 12, 1984, IRA bombed Brighton Hotel in the UK. We are members of the Conservative Party. We are having their conference. Their intention was to kill the Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, and the members of his cabinet, of our cabinet, um, the I mean, the way they positioned the bomb 
There was no way she would escape. And she escaped. And then IRA issued a statement later that day. They said, today, we were unlucky. Now remember, we only have to be lucky once. You have to be lucky always. <laughs> they said, because they have made several attempts upon her life. And each time, she escaped. And she escaped every day. I have a good news for you. It doesn't matter how many attempts they make. You will always escape. Yeah. So there are three things I need to drop with you today. Before we pray. Even as we are running off the month of November. The first thing I have discovered in life is this. You cannot please someone who is envious of you. Yoruba. They have one funny proverb like this. They say, Jailara ki tomboro. And you want, she will let you. It's a proverb. Sorry, the elders are here. <laughs> Someone that is envious of you, there is nothing you do. If you don't dress well, they say, hey, God don't catch them. Not dressing well. If you dress well, it's a, look at him, he's proud. There is nothing you do. You don't give them something, you're in trouble. You give them something, they say, uh -huh. so God is blessing him. You must close the tap. Someone who is envious of you, there is nothing you do that can ever please them. Esther chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. Esther chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. Haman said, moreover, Yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. Yet, with all these availed me, yet all these availed me nothing. So long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gates. A man sat at the king's gate, a gate man. And a man who was second in command to the king said, I am not happy with all that I have, with all my position, with all my achievement, as long as the, that gate man is alive. I'm not happy. Why is the gate man a threat to you? Leave him alone, let him enjoy his own life. You have all it takes. So I enjoy your own. He said, no, I'm not satisfied. And you know there are a lot of harmon around you. As many people will say that they are not happy with all that they have because of you, very soon they will have nothing. Yeah. Very soon they will become mystery. Yeah. Galatians chapter 5 verse 26. Galatians 5:26. Let us not be desirous of thing glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Don't let us envy one another. This letter was written to a church, a Galatian church. And Paul was saying, My friends, don't pursue vain glory. 
Don't provoke each other. Don't live in envy. If you discover the seed of envy within you, kill it before it will kill you. Because it has the capacity to kill. It will kill you eventually. This story I'm about to tell you is not a good one. But sometimes, we, I mean, I learn from a lot of situations all around me. I was um, discussing with two men of God. Two of them are general overseers of their own ministry. But one of them is a bishop. They are big churches, big ministries who are having a conversation. And one of them said, there's also a person in my ministry who is trying to compete with me. I prayed that he would make a mistake. And he did. And I used that opportunity to get him out of the ministry. He was protecting his kingdom. But it wasn't long game, sir. He left the surface of the earth. You see, this letter was written to a church. Envy can be among Christians. Somebody may be a better teacher than you. Somebody may be a better singer than you. Somebody may be a better counselor than you. Somebody may be, a, may be able to dress better than you. There are people, it doesn't matter how much money they spend on cloth. It's as if you are putting the cloth on a doll baby. Another person, the cloth is so cheap that anybody can afford it. But when they design it, you will think that this person is a role model. So they just hate you because you know how to dress. Do not be desirous of vain glory. Don't envy one another. I can't emphasize that too much. Because I know it's a possibility. James chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. James chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. But where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Is that in your Bible? He said this wisdom is earthly, sensual, carnal, devilish. Some people, they speak in tongues, yet they are still envious. They are still jealous. They are never satisfied with what they have. Yet, they blow tongues. Their tongues are empty. Beware. Number two, I have discovered that some people, they hate solution providers. They don't like people who are solving problems in an organization. If you are always solving problems, if you are looking for a way that things will move forward, they don't like you. In fact, they will begin to call you names. 
They have a way of discouraging your spirits. You can see the way the source of prophet we are talking about Elisha. Elisha, do you know today that um, they are going to take away your, your master from your head? They have gifts of the spirits, yet they are full of envy for Elisha. As they were going from city to city, himself and Elijah, they, they will get somewhere. The source of prophet will come around. Elisha, do you know that your master is going away today? We have received it by the Holy Spirit. They are saying it out of envy and jealousy. But by the time Elisha came back, they bowed to him. Those who are envious of you today, by tomorrow, they will bow to you. They hate solution providers. They hate problem, problem solvers. They hate people who are loyal to the organization. They hate people who are passionate about success. They don't like them. They only survived through organizational politics. But you, you know, you know what you are. You know what you, what you can achieve. You know what you can do. You know that through your contribution, the organization will move forward and you are doing everything. But they don't like it. They don't like it. And there are Christians who moved around through organizational politics. There are some people who will not even mind to sell their body because of promotion. They hate people who get things done right. Such people, they are moving on dangerous grounds. Because just like Saul met his Waterloo, they will meet their own also. Number three. This is also interesting. God will deliver you. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 to 18. 2 Timothy 4, 14 to 18. Paul was the one saying this. He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Hmm. It's like Paul saying, I won't curse him all. I won't pray for him. <laughs> but I will hand him over to God. <laughs> he has finished him already. He said, he did, he did me much evil. This Alexander the coppersmith was a Jew just like Paul. But he didn't like Paul for anything when Paul began to preach about Jesus. Those who gave Paul more trouble than anyone were Jews. They tried everything to destroy him, to kill him. They hated him. There were some of them who banded themselves together. They fasted. They prayed. We are not going to eat anything until we kill Saul. They couldn't kill Saul. Saul fulfilled destiny. Today, we cannot remember the name of one of them. Today, there is not a single day when we don't mention the name of, Saul, of Paul. Paul, Paul, Paul. Because he wrote two-thirds of the book of New Testament. His achievement is living after him. Those who want to destroy you, Several years after the world is still celebrating you, the world will have forgotten them. 
Let your hymn be louder. I know some of you are afraid because you are envious. And then he said, of whom you must beware also. Verse 15. For he has greatly withstood our wars. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be late to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. I was delivered out of the mouth of lion. There are many of us who can give testimony about that. Many of us who knew we have walked in the lion's den several times. But we were delivered. May I tell you, if at this point in time, if you find yourself in lion's den, you will come out alive. Several times, God gave Saul warning signals. He said, you can't touch this boy. He's my anointed. And you know, people used to think that anointing is by the title in the church. They don't know that God, know, God knows where he has placed his anointing. There may be people here in the church now who have no title at all. God has anointed them. God has destined them for a certain assignment. And someone is running after him or her. And God is giving a warning signal. Hey, leave him alone. Leave her alone. I have anointed him. I have chosen him. I have appointed him for an assignment. And someone was saying, no, I am the king. I have to protect my throne. Ah, God was warning him, Mr. Saul, you don't have a throne again. I have already taken away your throne. Then leave me alone. I'm still Mr. King. Before long, he discovered that he was a foolish man. Several people may sit on the throne. They may be foolish. You don't have to be one of them. You've got to learn a lesson. If there is a disagreement between you and someone and you begin to see some strange happenings in your life, there may be warning signals. It could even be between husband and wife. You might say, you might think you are the husband and I have authority over you as, as my wife and some strange things are happening around you. God may be saying, mm, what you are doing to my daughter, I don't like it. I am giving you warning signals. You must notice warning signals when you see them. When you see failures around you here and there, there may be warning signals. When all of a sudden you find yourself getting sick for no reason whatsoever, there may be warning signals. When you, have, when you begin to have all kinds of nightmares, there may be warning signals. When you are having defeats, where you are not supposed to be defeated, there may be warning signals. Warning signals come to warn us because of an impending doom which we can avoid. 
Just as God sent warning signals to Saul, he might be sending warning signals to an individual here today. It might be because of you that God asked me to preach this sermon. Why don't you learn your lesson before it is too late? So that you don't become an obituary too early. Shall we pray? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want you to call on the, unto the Almighty God. Open my eyes to see the warning signals around me. Open my eyes to see the warning signals around me. Help me, Lord. If there's any seed of envy and jealousy and anger and wrath within my person, uproot it today. Uproot it today. Uproot it today. This is the time to pray for yourself. To seek the face of God for your life. Is the time to purify your hearts of every form of unforgiveness, of wrath, of anger. Doesn't matter what that person has done to you. Of every form of, of envy, every form of jealousy. It's possible that what was supposed to come your way was taken by another. Let it go. It wasn't meant for you. God knows the reason why. He didn't allow it to come your way. He has something better for you. It's possible that someone you love so much double cross you. Let it go. God is the only one who can fight such battles. That, that was why Paul handed over Alexander the coppersmith unto God. He did me much evil, but I've handed him over to God. Hand over your adversary to God. Let him handle it. Let your mind be clear and clean. Your tomorrow is too bright to be beclouded by some envy and jealousy. And it doesn't matter what anybody is doing to destroy you. You will fail. We fail. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We honor you and we bless your name. We appreciate you. We thank you exceedingly because you are faithful again. Thank you for the word that you have sent to us. My Father, my God, we pray as many people who are struggling with these emotions of envy and jealousy and all other forms of emotions associated with them we pray, my Father, you will clean them and you will destroy the roots 
of all such evil emotions in their life in the name of Jesus. As your children are calling upon you at this time, and they are asking you earnestly for a cleansing, my Father, cleanse them in the name of Jesus. Father Almighty, we pray that as we have come into your theater this morning, every necessary operation that you need to do in our life to give us a clean heart, Father, please do it in the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, our dear people who don't want to see us alive, they are planning on daily basis how to exterminate us. Father, let them fail in the name of Jesus. As to preserve David in his time, in a very unique manner, and time and again, you proved to Saul that he was protected by you. My Father, my God, we pray, you will prove to our adversaries that we are protected by you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name. As to help David to keep himself clean so that he would not become like Saul. As to help him not to begin to throw javelin all around against people. As to help him not to hate Saul so that he would not be he will not be corrupted. As to help him to honor the anointing. Help us to be focused in the name of Jesus. As to preserve David until he fulfilled destiny. Preserve us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Let somebody say a better amen. Thank you for listening to Central Parish Radio Podcast. Please subscribe to receive notification of new episodes.